Welcome to the Whiskey and Watches podcast, a concise weekly discussion of the whiskey we are drinking and the watches we are wearing or would like to be wearing. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so we will try to be as accurate as possible, but please don't add us. Speaking of ads, you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches or email us at whiskeyandwatches at gmail.com. With that, let's get on with today's episode. acquisition, a Basel brief to talk about the upcoming events at Basel World, as well as most likely a Seiko second, and then obviously a defunct design. So uh, let's get to it. Why don't we start with a wrist check? Uh, Spangler, what are you wearing? Uh, I've got on the uh, Old Faithful Speedmaster here with a Cincy Strapsco uh, green NATO on, which I love the combination. Nice. Yep. Great watch. Zach will appreciate the shout out. Yep. <laughs> Plan on buying the OG Bond strap, so watch out for that order. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, and uh, how about yourself? What do you got on tonight? So I've got on the Tudor Fast Rider Black Shield, the black and white version, and then uh, talking about the new acquisition, I did get a new strap for it from Horus. Um, got their snow camo black and gray strap, which looks really cool on the black ceramic. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Got it today, put it on today. It's pretty sweet. Really oh. comfortable. Big fan. Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah, thanks. Camel, Camel looks uh, great on black watches. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, uh, well, and I, I've wanted a rubber strap for this for a while, but it's tough to find one. It's got 24-millimeter lugs, so oh, aftermarket wow. straps are kind of tough to come by. Yeah. Yeah. That's Panerai level. For whatever reason. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so actually, you know, I, I, if you look, the class is sort of Panerai style. So it's, oh, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a Panerai tang kinda, right there. Oh, yeah. It, it kind of it looks like that. So uh, yeah. I get what they're going for. But uh, yeah, so what are you drinking? Uh, well, I, uh, after last week's uh, no whiskey, I ended up going out and getting a Michter's Single Barrel Rye, which is uh, it's great. I've had You're a big fan of those ryes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a rye guy. What can I say? Uh, I've had it a few bars. It's great. Um, no complaints on it so far. Nice. nice. What about yourself? I've uh, got, got the old standby. Uh, I think I told you last, one of the last times we recorded, I bought a new liter of uh, Woodford Reserve. Which, yes. Big fan, top notch. Um, she did their, uh, their distillery tour a few years ago, and uh, they served it with, um, depending on the, the blend you had, with a piece of chocolate. Yeah. So I just snagged a piece of candy out of our uh, candy edition <laughs> hat before I started drinking it because it's fantastic. Getting the extra flavors out of it? Just a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, huh? the, the, it was more than it was about 30 minutes ago, but uh, I still work. Yeah, you know, just more excuse to uh, have some chocolate. Why not? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So Fresh Forum Finds. Um, I think you got a, you got one that uh, you can keep up Yeah, so uh, I've been uh, going down the Grand Seiko rabbit hole here these past... Uh, week a uh, week week and a half um and uh, i managed to find one that i had my eye on which is the uh, grand seiko sbgm 221 their automatic gmt um it's the one with the cream colored dial that blue gmt hand uh looks awesome uh grand seiko you know finished just like a grand seiko polishing looks amazing on it uh i've yet to hold one but um it looks awesome I know RMP has a few that you guys have uh, got to handle, which I'm very jealous of. Yeah, we were we, uh, buzzing out over there over the weekend, and 
uh, they had one in the case. We didn't have him get it out, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's there. It's been there. They've had <laughs> multiple wins, so it's like, you, next time you're in town, we'll go and you can try one on if you haven't pulled the trigger yet. I don't want to excite them too much, but uh, yeah, I was actually able to find two of them, which is actually really strange because they don't really pop up too often on eBay, which again, you have to be kind of careful when you go on eBay, but from what I've seen, you don't find a lot of you know fake Grand Seikos, which may be good for the brand so far, um, but I found two. They're both bidding. Um, they're going on currently right now, and this is uh, February 19th. Um, but one is, uh, I think, currently at twenty-three thirty, and the other one is just a shade over two thousand. Um, the one at twenty-three thirty has like a day and a half left on it, and the one just above two grand has th- about three days left. Last check. So by the time this posts, no one will have a chance to buy them. Uh, well, if they don't sell and they get relisted, you never know. Entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, anything's possible in this world. So watch out. Exactly. Or maybe um, I maybe I would have bought one. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Uh, what what do you what did you find this week? So, I I don't want to say I've had my eye on this one for a while, but um, I'm gonna just try to pull it up real quick on uh, Watch Recon because I've seen it every every once in a while. I just search to see what was out there from specific brands that I like. So I was out there, um, and I've seen this one pop up several times. It's an Omega Deville. I mean, it's just a very basic dress watch on um, on the metal bracelet, mm-hmm. and you know, it just it, it you know looks like it's got box papers from a seller down in Texas. It's just just your very basic kind of Omega Deville coaxial dress watch. Yeah, I was going to ask you about coaxial. Three o'clock. Yep. I mean, so you know, it just looks great, and it, it. I had the price wrong we were talking about earlier, but he's got it listed for sixteen hundred just seems like a pretty solid deal i mean obviously obviously do your research on your sellers yes Um, Uh, after the whole fiasco that happened uh probably about a week week and a half ago i want to say at this point maybe two weeks two weeks yeah um obviously we're talking about horology house and uh you know the the, the the whole accusation of him passing several fake watches to unwitting buyers um through the what is it a W B S S. The uh, the Australian, Australian watch buy, buy watch buy sell swap. Where yeah. yeah. And, yep. Um, read through some of the stuff. I'm not, I don't you know obviously don't want to get into it too much. Other people have talked about it ad nauseum. One of the other watch podcasts I listened to, the Scottish Watches podcast, they actually had the buyer on um, and kind of walked through the whole timeline and everything on there it was really well done they've invited the guy from Horology House I think his name is Chris on yep. the show as well to kind of get his side of the story I mean just very you know, just very open about trying to get stuff done he has yet to come on although I think he has responded um, oh so he shout did shout out to those guys if you yeah he did respond wow. and he said he'd come on but he hasn't responded since um, I'm, I, so, I'm not gonna very, yeah I'm not going to put too much into that, but we'll see if he actually does. That'd be, that'd be... No. No. I mean, obviously, a lot of his stuff has gone down or been taken down. But I think you said his YouTube channel's back up. Yeah, as of, I think I checked about two days ago, and he actually put the YouTube channel back up. Uh, no comments, though. So, uh, unfortunately, that... Uh, yeah, I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so you can't scroll through that and uh, 
enjoy some of the nonsense going on in the comment sections. Um, but yeah, all the videos are up. Um, sans the uh, replica Rolex videos, though. So all the replica yeah, videos are off. That's funny. I know, Chris. Yeah, I, I guess. If anybody wants more details, I think it was like an hour-long interview that the guys from Scottish Watches did. Um, and uh, other podcasts that I listen to. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. They're, uh, they're pretty good if you can, you can uh, understand it through the accents. <laughs> yeah. Which I had like, uh, an issue with the first couple times, but uh, I've, uh, I've learned to get used to it at this point. You can get used to it. The fun thing, too, that I like, too, so... Uh, Ricky, one of the one of the, the guy who actually appears on camera, who isn't a spy, um, he's got the red version of the uh, Fast Rider Black Shield now. Oh wow! Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Great minds, Ricky. If you're listening, probably not. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, let us know, guys. We're we're down for it. <laughs> they joke about them being the little guy. I'm pretty sure compared to them, we're the little guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we'll move on from there. Um, Moving on from there. I think, uh, yes. yeah, I think Seiko came out with a few cool new releases this week. If we want to do a quick little Seiko second here. I can do a quick Seiko second. It might be about 30 seconds. But uh, so <laughs> obviously a few, a few weeks ago, if not a month ago, they came out with the new Alpinists. Would really like to check those out. I've heard from people who've done hands-on with them or essentially read that the new bracelets that they have on those are actually pretty solid. They're part of the Prospects line. So love to see those. Yeah. Um, also, they dropped a kind of a throwback to one of their chrono stops, but it doesn't have the chronograph feature, but it still has a timing bezel on a, on a presage, you know, 41 millimeter, 12 or 11 and a half millimeter thick, you know, time and date watch, got a black anodized, you know, timing bezel, kind of love the way I'm looking the cream version. They're limited in the way that Seiko does limited edition, so it's limited to like 1,964 pieces, you know, whatever. Sure, whatever. Uh, per yeah. color. You have black, greenish, like it's like a turquoise dial, and then a cream one. Really like the cream. Really think it's cool. Um, looking forward to checking those out when they come and they start hitting stores. Uh, do I have, you know, be able to actually see them in person. So that's the, we'll call it a Seiko 30 second today. <laughs> do they have an actual release date set for those watches, or...? Apparently they're available now if you want to order them like, oh, okay. directly from the brand, so I would imagine they've got to be hitting stores soon. Okay, yeah. Um, and then I think one other one that, you know, I, I, I've never really been the biggest fan of Breitling, so we'll do a little bit of a Breitling beat here real quick. Um, <laughs> or, yeah, Breitling beat is what we'll call it. Um, really beat into the ground, but, but you know. <laughs> recently their Heritage releases have been really good, and the new one that they came out with, which is a throwback to like a 1953 av model is like it's it's spot on it looks really cool but again it's it's a stainless steel watch i mean they have a rose gold in the platinum version but a stainless steel on a leather strap for 7900 yeah i mean it looks it looks stinking sweet yeah it's just it, that's a lot of money for that watch i mean i'm sure it looks great but i mean my issues are that it's a it's a breitling so you i mean, I mean like i said the, the Navitimer reissue they did last year was pretty solid. I mean, yeah, I, I watched plenty of videos on that. That watch was spot on. Um, my only gripe with the brand is that when you go in the stores and you buy a Breitling, sure, you're going to get, like, whatever, a pretty good discount off the MSRP, but, I mean, you're still going to be losing probably about 1000 off of that on the secondary resale market. I, the, you know, they, they just... I, I think they're trying to clean some of it up, and they've done a really good job with some of the heritage stuff, but, yeah, I mean, they just... Some of their, the, the majority of their stuff's really thick, really blingy, and it's just... Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you. It's not, it's not, 
anything for me, but every once in a while there's one where you're like, ooh, I kind of yeah. like that. I, yeah, I think they're going they're overpriced. going in the right direction, so I, I'll be interested to see what they come out with at uh, Basel this year. See if they Speaking go any more of, in the right direction. You did a nice little segue there. Yeah, no, I, I try my best. I'm getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually becoming slightly less amateur I'm not going to say professional but I'm going to say slightly less amateur it's the fifth episode you know you got to be pretty good at this by this point right we've been at this for almost a month now yeah <laughs> go us yeah I know right um, and we have we have more than one listener which is also solid yeah winning um, on all fronts on whiskey and watches exactly exactly um, so I guess we'll call this uh, so that was the Brightling beat so we'll call this the Basil Brief. <laughs> um, and, uh, you, you know, it seems like everything else has been canceled thus far due to the uh, coronavirus. Um, so, yeah. you know, Grand Seiko canceled theirs. Yep. Um, um, there was another event earlier in the Omega month. Omega canceled. Yeah. Omega canceled theirs. Um, so, yeah. I mean... I mean, of course, these are, like, right in, like, the, the the climax point of the coronavirus, at least speaking for, like, right now. It could get worse. Who knows? Hopefully not. But, I mean, this is, like, really, like, right as where people are, like, really starting to freak out about it. So, I mean, we're... Yeah. Some people are getting into panic, and they just happen to fall on, like, the wrong time of the year for this thing to break out. Uh, I mean, luckily, though, Basil is coming later this... It's later than normal, so... Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, they get this under control for people to feel safe enough to be going to Basel this year. Uh, I can only hope, but we'll have to right. see. Well, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how um, Omega and Grand Seiko handle their releases, because obviously they have these watches ready to go, ready to be released here in the next month or so with the events that they cancel. Be, I'm sure we'll still get press releases. I'm sure we'll still get watches. I, I, I have a hard time seeing these brands put together something, you know, that big, I mean, quickly, you know, to compete with Basil and not compete with Basil. I mean, I still think you're going to, I still think we're going to, in the next few months, see whatever it was they were probably going to release anyway, because they probably have production schedules and have been built around those release dates to try to get those things in stores. So, yeah. And I mean, I gotta yeah. imagine we're still going to get, we're still going to get the stuff. Yeah, I mean, whether it's at Basel or not, you know, what? how how really effective is Basel at, like, getting out? Is a Basel release more important than, say, a Grand Seiko press release or an Omega press release? That's, I mean, at this point, Basel is kind of on the down. It's, it's definitely on the downswing. We can all agree to that. So, I mean, would, would brands be more effective even doing their own press release and going to Basel? You know, well, I don't really know, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. Yeah. I think for some of the smaller, like for some of the micro brands who, who don't have the big main exhibits, like Basel's kind of their way to kind of get out and, yeah. and kind of get some of the press to see it, get do hands on with the watches just because they don't have any many um, either prototypes or, or, or like loaner watches to lend out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think brands like Monta or other you know other smaller brands, Ferrer, some of those other guys who may or may not exhibit there. That's kind of the one chance that they get to, not one chance, but it's one of the fewer chances where more people can get hands on with the watches, you know, you know, all at all at once. That's um, true. Yeah. I mean, and I think it also gets history and folks who are into it. I mean, it's a lot of fun to see all this stuff hit at once. Now, granted, the annoying thing about it was is last year when it was in March, you know, you still didn't start seeing stuff in the stores till what? Late fall. July. September, yeah, late fall, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say the like, earliest oh, ones was... started to hit in July, and then they trickled yeah. out through like, the end of the summer, fall, and even into like this coming winter. They're still releasing some of the ones yeah. from Basel last year. I mean, so you're, you're 
with it being in May, like, are folks going to get stuff into their, into their windows by Christmas? I mean, you would hope because that's, I would imagine, a big spending time for a lot of the retailers and for a lot of these brands. Or for folks, you know, that's that's when they spend their money to get, get something big like that. It'd be around that time, Christmas and New Year's. So uh, it'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah, it'd Especially be... with it being that late. And... And, you know, it would make too much sense to have it out by Christmas, but, you know, we'll have to see... Uh... <laughs> We'll have to see what they uh, they end up doing, but uh, I would I would hope that they have it out by Christmas, but you never know. Well, I mean, and I think the other thing too is obviously we we all hope that the, the virus gets under control by the time Basil is run, they can have it. But I, I mean, I think in all likelihood Basil has to happen because it, with as many brands as have pulled out, as many of the larger brands, as many of the marquee brands that have kind of pulled out of that show already, I don't think they can risk canceling it this year no i mean because i feel like it would never come back the same way no i mean the only way it would ever get canceled in my opinion if you know it's already a global pandemic but i mean it would have to be out of control like i think the death toll at this point was two thousand people i mean it would have to substantially climb and spread for people to really to shut down basil and which i don't foresee it happening you know fingers crossed and like you said if it does cancel it's not going to be back in the same iteration because it's already teetering on the brink and it's not there they wouldn't be able to rebound from this i mean brands would be they're already pissed off at basil um and i think them doing this you know almost at this late in the game would be almost like the nail in the coffin when it comes to basil like you're saying um at least for the foreseeable future well, I mean, it would essentially, if they did cancel it, it would force brands into a contingency plan on how they would be able to release their products or how they were planning to release it. And then yeah. if they find a way to do that without the show, then it'd be like, well, why am I spending all this money to exhibit the show last year's release went decent anyway? Like, do I really need to spend all that money to exhibit there? Yeah. And the release that I did without having to exhibit there seemed to go over yeah. you know, pretty good. I mean, they, other brands they, already doing it too. Maybe releases so. won't go as well, but like maybe if, if they go well, there's probably more brands saying, well, I had the release last year without the show and things went well, so why would I come back? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can look at Omega and Grand Seiko for like yes, examples for how they're doing it now. And they, yeah. they seem to be doing just fine without Basil. So, I mean, yeah. what does that say about it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Don't get me wrong, I would love to go to Basel. I would love to go there. I'd love to see Rolex unveil the curtain and see what they have behind the glass for their new releases. Same with all the other brands. I think that would be a great experience. Uh, I told you. I told you. I, I, yeah, on, I'm pseudo on. I started the wait list at our local AD um, for the new Coke, which, <laughs> for my own pocketbook's sake, I hope doesn't come out for at least another year, another two years, because that would be when I can swing it. Uh, well, well, I, would, I and think, my wife wouldn't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're coming out with the new GMT. That's that's one of my predictions. I think they're going to come out with the new GMT. Is it going to be a Coke? I ooh, I don't know. That's that's where I kind of. Or is it going to be just all black? Or I, think gonna gonna be be all black. I think it's going to be the all black. I think it's going to be the all black. I'd love to see a root beer two tone on a Jubilee. That, what's that? Do you think they put it on an oyster, or do they put that on Jubilee? I think at the rate they're going right now, I think the, they're trying to differentiate the GMT line from like the Submariner line. So I think they'd probably put it on Jubilee. Okay. So here's my thought: it's because that's what everybody wants, or everybody's saying, "Oh, new sub with the new movement, slightly modified case." I, I mean, I think that that's going to happen eventually. Yep. But Rolex being Rolex, <laughs> gate just in stores immediately. <laughs> in a new size, 39 millimeters. So you could have a 36, a 39, or a 41 
All available immediately. Ready to go. <laughs> In stores today. Rolex 2020, <laughs> the decade of the day, just. You heard here first, everybody. Exactly. That's what they're going to do because everyone's thinking sport watches. No, 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 no. Yeah. Day just. <laughs> no. Rolex are like, no, you know, we already sell enough stainless steel sports models. Let's mix it up. Let's sell some other stuff. Let's push something else to the front. Boom. Yeah. 2020, yeah. the year that they just. I mean, all of our ADs are pushing those anyway. I mean, yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, if they become the new hot them. ticket item, you know, who knows? They might actually sell pretty well. And that was our Rolex rant. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they come in bursts, I guess. They do. They do. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah the Hashtag 2020. The year of the day just. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Only in precious metal. <laughs> Only precious metal. Thirty thousand plus dollars. Why not? Because I can't. Exactly. We're rolling. They're rolling. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Huh. <sighs> All right. So I guess should we move on to the defunct design? Uh yeah. I figured. Uh, why not? At this point, unless you have more Rolex rant to get out. Sure. No, I don't really have any more Rolex rant to get out. I would love to get the new Coke if that ever happens. You're you're but banking again. on it. You're yeah. You know, like I said, I'm hoping they give me at least another year or two to get uh, get, get the funds in order to get because it'd be really sweet. Um, anyway, so um, to kind of piggyback off of your design from last, your defunct design from last week. Um, now I gotta find where I had it. Uh, here we go. Here it is. So you you talked about Bruin watches, which you know obviously local company here in Cincinnati. The first James Bond watch. Some pretty cool stuff there. And you're obviously, mm-hmm. you're from Cincinnati, you know, I, you used to live here, I mean, you may eventually come back, never know. Yeah. I live here Hopefully. currently. Obviously, shout out to all the Red Bar Cincy guys who provide us with a bunch of content for last week's episode. Oddly enough, Red Bar is again next week, so I'll have even more stuff, we'll do another Red Bar Redux at our next episode. And um, again, I will unfortunately not be there. You know, I'm going to make the pitch to them to say, hey, can we change the date of the March meetup so that, that, that Spangler can come? And I'm sure they'll be accommodated to a degree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just one month away. It's the same, same time next month. That's all I'm asking right. for. We can probably do that. Yeah. Um, but to easy, back easy off, of your, uh, off of your Bruin watches, so as, as we all know, they kind of started out as the Columbus Watch Company um, back in the 1800s, and then they moved down to Cincinnati and became Bruin Watches. Yep. Well, when they moved down to Cincinnati in 1902, um, the, uh, the, they sold off some, some intellectual property and some assets to uh, two brothers who had the last name of Studebaker in South Bend, Indiana, which is the, the next town over from my hometown of Mishawaka. So um, <laughs> the Studebaker brothers, obviously, the Studebaker family is known for uh, being an automobile manufacturer in the, uh, in the 19. 19- the 1900s all the way through uh, the 1970s when they eventually folded. Maybe actually folded in the 80s. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but essentially, two of the brothers um, started the uh, South Bend Watch Company by buying assets from the Columbus Watch Company. They became Gruen. Uh, they built a factory in 1902, um, and, and they were mainly a pocket watch manufacturer. I mean, really, that's all they, they manufactured. Um, yeah. was, a, was a couple of different pocket watches. Mm-hmm. They also had they also had a sister company called the Studebaker Watch Company that was more high end pocket watches using Studebaker name. Huh. South Bend Watch Company. Um, Did they have the uh, that Studebaker? Uh, what are they known for? Their uh, their front their front ends, right? Oh yeah, the, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the little like the nose. <laughs> you're thinking from the Muppet movie. Yeah, yeah, sure. That car was in the Muppet movie. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I don't know, actually. <laughs> funny thing is, is I, I don't see any pictures in any of the stuff about any of these watches. I think they're a little bit harder to find. I mean, not really worth anything. Uh, but essentially, um, you know, they made pocket watches, um, and you know, they had the two different brands, and, and, and their lower-end brand was um, essentially selling watches through a catalog, and you could essentially pay for it in installments. Yeah. Um, so they, they started in 1902, and they actually were making quite a few watches all the way up through... Uh, 1929, and then um, yeah, had a pretty good reputation. Again, you know, not not too much going on other than pocket watches. Um, you know, they were they were doing a pretty good job, and then the depression hit, and um, obviously selling watches on credit right at the time of the depression wasn't exactly the best. Hindsight and, is 2020. Yeah, and uh, obviously they. Uh, they had sold a bunch of watches they couldn't collect, yeah. had a bunch of unpaid bills, and then uh, they folded in, uh, let's see, I'm just scrolling through the article in the South Bend History Museum. They folded, you know, 1929, or 1932, essentially, and they sold off their, or 1933, all assets had been sold off. Yeah. So, um, Indiana's only watchmaking company, um, which in 26 years produced over a million watches and paid over 20 million in wages. Um, so, I mean, you know, essentially to they really were focused on pocket watches and that, you know, coming out of the depression, I think folks were really into the, the new European trend of wrist watches. So they really weren't, uh, oh, absolutely, able, to, weren't yeah. able to compete there. So but it's just an interesting little way. There obviously isn't too much of that. Obviously not. Uh, very many, they had a couple of different lines. Mm -hmm. Not very many things known about them. Yeah. I was going to say, do they have any notable watches they know of? Uh, I mean, they had, uh, the problem I'm having is the website is layering all of this, like, social media stuff over the top of the article. You can tell the um, people really keep up with this stuff, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they had, a, like I said, it was two different pocket watches. Like the Southland Watch Company line and the Studebaker Watch Company. Yeah. Um, 21 Jewel Movement, open mm -hmm. type, you know, just, I mean, just your, you know, your own kind of, just basic small seconds pocket watch. Actually, you know, a couple of them actually showing up on eBay right now. Um, probably not very expensive. Let's see what we got going on. Pulling the ads up right now. I'm gonna guess 130. 130 bucks? You think? So I'm gonna guess. 81 bucks for 21 bids. 1908, 313 gold filled pocket watch. Huh? I mean, they have a railroad pocket watch out here that looks pretty cool for 73. And there's a Studebaker model, the open face from 195 with zero bids. So I mean, they, they, I mean, they're like the classic pocket watches from the 1920s. Early 1900s. Try not to get um, just, tempted. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, uh, you're just, just neat, so, you know, trying to figure out which defunct design we we're going to do next, seeing the, you know, what, what assets grew and sold off before they moved down to Cincinnati and turned into the South, which is kind of a unique tie between the two cities, um, yeah. and I just thought that was, uh, that was interesting, so, like I said, not, not much going on there as far as, you know, groundbreaking designs or like that, just two brothers thought, you know, hey, why don't we try to start a wash company, we, we, we already make cars, why not make watches, and they yeah. did it for about 25 years and were fairly successful. So, yeah. uh, I think it'd also be interesting just, to look at, you know, how many watch companies were affected by the Great Depression and how many really went out because of it. I think it'd be a I mean, cool, think, cool study to look at all the brands that they really don't have that much information on. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be part of it. But then also, you know, you're probably looking at that between that and the quartz crisis. I mean, how many brands or how many names were available and things like that. So, oh, yeah. Those are kind of the two big events that would be... True. And also brands back in the day that didn't really adjust 
to the whole wristwatch fad, oh, yeah. as you call it back then. Yeah, it would have been a fad <laughs> then. Now, I mean, yeah, smartwatches and everything like that now. So I mean, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, it, uh, stuff like that happens in cycles. So I mean, we're kind of going through one right now. Smartwatch. Definitely, definitely. So no, I mean that's that's it. That's what I've got. Um, yeah. I feel like there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I can't remember what it was. Other than um, Red Bar next week. So I think this is that we're probably going to post this episode the day after Red Bar happens. So we'll be probably recording again next week, talking about all the fun stuff that happened at Red Bar since he. Yep. Um, I'll be I looking at photos, I'm, unfortunately, from far away. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll make sure I can take some good ones. Hopefully, it, it, all you guys, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll just message you guys in the group chat. Bring bring some cool stuff so we have some more stuff to talk about on the show. Obviously, give some shout-outs to everybody who's there. Uh, um, and then, actually, the funny thing is, so, like, I started following this other, uh, they don't call themselves Red Bar Columbus, but Columbus has this group, 614 Watches. Their meetup is the following day. I also and follow eventually, them, too. I really want to try to, so I have a lot, like, so what I do for, for work, I have a lot of clients uh, up in Columbus, so I'm up there fairly frequently. Yeah. Although it is kind of tough to justify an overnight trip up there. If I could find a reason to be up there and overnight during one of the days they have me just to be really cool to go up there and meet some of those guys and some of those guys have some stuff I would love to see first. Um, yeah. So if, if any of you were, if any of you guys are listening, which some of you might be, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you got We've got almost 100 listeners now, or at least 100 downloads. You may only be like 25 or 30 listeners, but... It's time to jump in now if you want to get watches. in with the early guys. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, if you want to be one of the originals, point, jump doing, in now. Yeah. At some point, we'll be doing some other... I'm sure we'll have some other collectors on, some of our other buddies who we've met through different watch groups and we'll talk about their collections, just because there's only so much stuff that I can pick up to talk about. Yeah. And funny enough, people <laughs> like hearing about other people's watches. This is what, very true. I don't know what it this is. This is very true. That's like knowing. I'll never meet the person, so, but I like, I like knowing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway. Well, I mean, I think that's that's all I got, unless you have anything else. No, I mean, that's, uh, that'll do it for me. I'm definitely, uh, you know, interested to see how, you know, these next few weeks are going to shake out with the coronavirus and how Basil's going to be affected. Um, especially with the new releases, if brands are planning on coming out with anything. But, uh, you know, aside from that... Uh, I got nothing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some stuff in some store windows soon. Yeah. Be it from Seiko, be it some of the new Omega releases that dropped here in the last month or two, which should be... I started to see some of the Bond watches, um, the, the new Titanium one, trickle out overseas in some, some dealer windows just from some of the folks I follow on Instagram. Starting to oh, yeah. see people post pictures of those in person, so i got to imagine those well, have got to be making their way over here soon. I can't wait to try one of those on. Uh, I, so I... It, it's got me thinking that I, I, I'm not getting the Bond watch because I've obviously already got the, the white and black, the, the new gray white. But yeah. I'm thinking about maybe getting a mesh bracelet for it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no. <laughs> just get aftermarket mesh <laughs> just to just kind of steal the look a little bit. I think it'd, it would come close, I feel. It would be all right. It'd scratch the edge. So it would. Yeah. So I have to, I have to you know, I have to, I have to find one that I can get for, for not a lot of money. Obviously can't, you know. I gotta imagine you can get that titanium mesh aftermarket or the titanium mesh bracelet from Omega separately. Oh, I'm sure. Can't imagine it's not. I can't imagine it's not expensive. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I don't want to say. A, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to say a price. It's gonna make me throw up in my mouth. It does look really stinking cool though. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, they'll do it for me. 
right, I think that's a good episode, man. Talk to you later. All right, yeah. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you.